you doing? <clears throat> the new bumper music there is from a band called Lockjaw. The band called Lockjaw. It's from their new album, Dopamine Avenue, that I got as soon as it came out. And I handed it over to Joe and said, We need new bumper music, my friend. Handle it. And he said, No problem. So there we are. A scant three and a half months later. New bumper music. <laughs> you realize, Joe, I've heard this album more live than I have myself because I gave it to you and didn't see it again for three months, and I've seen them live twice since then. It's end of April, just about May, and it's still gloomy and miserable outside, and I'm in a shit mood. And uh, it was kind of... The weather was going back and forth for a while. It was Sometimes it was sunny, and then sometimes it was gloomy, and some of my bipolar didn't really know what to do. So now my bipolar is just, it's just giving out a standing order that I'm going to want to blow my brains out on a daily basis. It's just, you know, my, my body chemistry or seasonal affective disorder or whatever, they just, okay, look, we're not jumping back and forth this all the time. Until we get a whole week of solid vitamin D, uh, you're just going to, you're just going to want to hang yourself in the bathroom. Uh, that's just going to be our policy now. My uh, self-diagnosed bipolar. I haven't actually had a professional diagnose me as bipolar. Although, and although I've been to my share of psychiatrists and even a psychiatric facility, none of them have uh, been able to figure out my obvious bipolar, <laughs> my obvious case of bipolar disorder. A more clear cut, a more clear clear cut case you won't find in nature, and yet uh, no. They, I'll miss it. They just, uh, I get in there and they just focus on how smart I am. They just tell me that, you know. What they did, after they, you know, they give you an IQ test and then most of them get pa- can't get past that. You know, you're, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I know I'm smart. But uh, apparently, not smart enough to be able to figure out how to keep paying you. So how about you just write me a prescription and we uh, go on with our day, huh? So, so I've been in a, you know, not such a great mood, really. I've been trying though I got a bunch of movies to cheer myself up with you know in my own sick way because I'm focusing on my mistakes in life so I get an autobiography on Peter Sellers and then an autobiography on Truman Capote two movies and I didn't really figure it out until I got home that in my own narcissistic way I was trying to find parallels with my life because these men were both writers you know, so my, in my own narcissistic way, well, I guess we all do, you know, put ourselves in the place of the the lead character, you know, in a, so it's semi-narcissistic most of the time, but when you're a writer and you're just getting DVDs about other writers, it's really <laughs> it's kind of over the top, you know, it's kind of, you know, but you know, I've, I gotta do something, I can't just sit around here and be miserable all the time, so, and Peter Sellers was like the Will Ferrell of his day, you know, he did the Pink Panther and Slapsticky you know, stuff like that. and I knew I could just rent the Pink Panther, but if I see that movie one more time, I will kill myself. So I just got this autobiography. or Not not autobiographical. I don't know who wrote it. It couldn't have been him because it was the most, I mean, it put him in the worst light imaginable. I mean, after you see this movie, you just you think the guy's a total prick. That's all the movie's about. It must have been written by like a stepkid or somebody he molested when he was young or I don't know who wrote this or what he did to them, but the movie just makes him out like a complete jackass. And, by the way, 
jackass in ways that parallel my own jackassery. So instead of me watching a writer who's getting his act together, I'm watching a writer with a similar character flaws to myself get it in the end. And, you know, oh, yeah, come on. And then at the end he dies, and the only thing he's got in his wallet is a picture of his first wife. And I'm just, you know, I'm in my cup. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. All the guy would need to do is end up dying in a crappy studio apartment in Cudahy, and it would just be, you know... <laughs> Like, who's writing? Is this being written as I sit here just to torture me, this stupid movie? So then I grabbed Capote, a movie about Truman Capote, who I really didn't know anything about other than he was a writer of some regard and that he was gay. Now, I grabbed this one thinking, okay, well, gay people are usually in a good mood. You know? And I knew uh, Capote was supposedly you know, kind of flamboyant. Okay, good. Okay, P- Peter, the Peter Sellers movie didn't work, but this dude's gay, so it's gonna, be, it's gotta be upbeat in some way, you know. He's maybe mincing around. He's in a good mood. Or <laughs> I know, Joe, it's a stereotype, and it's a stereotype like black guys have big schlongs. You know, it hurts no one. And just use your own eyes. And you, you, you see a lot of gay people walking around with their head hung down, going, "Oh yeah, I hate my life. My life sucks." No, they're usually in a good mood. Every gay person I've ever met's been in a good mood. So here we go. This has got to help. Capote, he's a, you know, he's a good mood. He's a successful writer. He's gay. You know, maybe, you know, it's probably going to be something where, uh, you know, he had a lot of trouble at the beginning because he was gay, but his talent got him through it. You know, it's inspiring in some way, you know, some, something like that, you know, and then if it turns out it's not and at the end he gets it because he's gay, then I just go, ha, take that, you gay you know, I just jump on Team Hetero. You know, I just jump off of that bandwagon and jump back onto the Team Hetero bandwagon. Yeah, take that, you gay. <laughs> That's what you get. Huh? It's not, a, it's not a homophobic statement. It's a s- statement of self-preservation. Look, if a couple of gay people watch this movie and they're they're frightened by it, you know, something bad happens to Capote because he's gay and he's a writer, you know, he speaks out or something. You know, it's that sort of thing where he speaks out, they find out he's gay, and so they kill him or something like that. And other gay people see this, and it frightens them to the point where they don't want to express themselves creatively for a living. Well, then, you know, <laughs> I'll take what comes, as they say. It still, it still benefits me. You know, hey, look, there's a lot of gay animators out there, and I'm trying to get a cartoon off the ground. So, you know, anything that cuts down the competition uh, you know, is fine with me. I didn't I didn't kill any gay people. <laughs> Somebody, you know, there's good and bad to every situation. If somebody drove a uh, pony around behind a pickup truck, well, that's a horrible thing. But, you know, as long as he's already dead. You know, it's like the Japanese thing. It's horrible what happened to those poor people. On the other hand, since I'm trying to get a cartoon off the ground, if this slows down their little animation industry over there, well, you know, fate is strange. (laughs) And besides that, they passed the gays in the military thing, and these gay people are running out of stuff to complain about. You know, all these gay gay animators out there, i got to get their eyes off the ball again. I can't compete with these people. They're all better than me. I'd be much better served if they were marching around with uh, picket signs and stuff again, protesting whatever they can't do. But they're running out of things they can't do, and pretty soon they're not going to have anything but their work. Then I'm not going to have any chance. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) By any means necessary. At some point. 
I mean, come on, you gays, you don't want to, you don't want to make silly cartoons, do you? I mean, there's all sorts of injustice out there. You get your, get your sign back on your shoulder and get out there and start marching. There's stuff you can't do about something or somewhere. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> right? I don't know. All I all I know is, you know, if if that were the case with the movie, I could at least, you know, rest my head on that. Maybe I'll get a Doug comes out of the head here somewhere somehow. <sighs> but no, at the end of that movie, uh, he finishes his uh, masterpiece, uh, never writes again, and dies from alcoholism. So that, you know, scratch that one too. Okay, take take two. Okay, this isn't working. I didn't get to put myself in the place of uh, the gay writer who figures everything out in the end and has a good life. I didn't get to put myself in the place of the, the homophobes who ruined his career. I didn't get I didn't get nothing. Got nothing. I get to watch a writer uh, ruin his life. Just what I needed. Thanks. Because I, I can throw out that How to Be Gay pamphlet now. <laughs> Their writers don't have it together any more than we do. So I get... I get this movie up in the air with George Clooney. And George Clooney slays me every time. He just, his timing, he slays me. Oh, brother, where art thou? And the men who stare at goats. Even a t- if you haven't heard of Intolerable Cruelty, get that one. That one, it's a riot. Okay, so I get George Clooney. Get this. This is the most depressing movie I've ever seen. It should be against the law to make a movie this depressing. And I'm going to ruin it for you. As a public service. I'm going to ruin this movie for you. It's about, he's a traveling salesman, and he doesn't really have a life. He just gets on one plane after the next. He's got no personal life at all, and he's content with that. And then uh, his sister gets married, and he, he meets some woman who's also a traveling salesman, and they hit it off. They end up going to his sister's wedding, and he starts to figure out, hey, I want something more out of life. Right? So then there's a, there's a typical thing where he drops what he's doing, and he runs to Chicago to see this woman, and it turns out she's married. And then the movie ends with him with the same pathetic life he always had, except now he knows it's pathetic. Three in a row, man. Three in a row. That ain't helping. And did I need to... Could I have been warned about that? I know we all pretend we don't like people getting typecast, but you know what? I think it should be the law. We should make a law. I, I don't want to see. The, I don't want the next Will Ferrell movie to I pick up to be about him being some tortured artist who ends up blowing his brains out. I don't need to see that. You know what I'm saying here? I've spent it. You know, I sit here, and two days out of the week, I, I realize that my pistol's in my hand. <laughs> I'm thinking, hmm. Well, you know, as long as it's in my hand, I might as well point it at somebody. Maybe I should point it at the person who's responsible for my life being a mess. Uh oh, that's that's me. You know, so I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to prop myself up here. I guess three movies that should have, you know, whatever. So that's the world I'm living in. You know, I'm I'm down. I'm depressed. Life by no one's fault but my own is a mess, or maybe it's not a mess. Some people look at my life and think I got it great. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I'm not doing well right now. I need this winter to end. I need to see some sunshine on a daily basis. And I need probably to hand this gun over to Joe. <laughs> Joe comes over to do this podcast. Well, why is your pistol on the desk? Well, I don't know, you know, I was just looking at it. You know, 
looking at it. It's there. It's there because it's there. That's all. <laughs> so, so that's the world. You know, I'm just trying to get through the day here, man. And I, so I check my email, looking for something. You know, maybe I'll get some good news in there. When you, you click on the email now, you get little news blurbs. Here's a news blurb I see. Kate Middleton Jelly Bean expected to fetch 500 pounds. Some lady found a jelly bean that she thinks looks like Kate Middleton. That's the broad who's about to marry Prince What's-His-Nose over in England. She, she looks through her jelly beans and sees a jelly bean that looks like her. And this is, this is the news that I see. And I think to myself, uh, there's got to be a pill or something I can take to be to be in the world that this woman lives in. I mean, but I've basically I've achieved all the dreams I set out, all my childhood dreams. You know, I'm in Mad Magazine. I do my own comic book. You know, the dreams I haven't uh, reached yet are well on their way, or I've decided suck anyhow. I've done a lot of you know impressive stuff here, and uh, two days a week. I gotta talk myself out of blowing my brains out. This broad sees a jelly bean that looks like a something, and it makes her whole day. How, how do I get into this woman's world? This woman sees a jelly bean and it perks her up. And, and first of all, she's eating her jelly beans slowly enough to look at each of them. Who does? Who does that? I don't even get yeah, the jelly bean. I get jelly beans and I just I. Take a fistful of them and I punch them in my mouth so the sugar high gets, you know, talks me out of blowing my brains out. This woman's looking at them each individually. Oh, isn't this one pretty? Look, here's a pink one. Why, this one's blue and it's got a little pink splotch on Hey, this one? Why, this one looks like a princess. How do, <laughs> how do I get there? That's, you know, F whether or not it actually looks like the person. That's not the point to me. This this woman's getting cheered up by a jelly bean. And she's not alone. She passes it along to the newest guy who goes, Well, well that would be an interesting story. I suppose it does sort of look like her, doesn't it? Puts it on the wire. This is on the UP. This is from uh, Independent UK, this story I'm looking at right now. But it was on the UP. It was on all the wires. There were, you know, there were dozens of people who thought this would be, you know, per, you know <laughs> this was relevant. And I'm not even beating them down for thinking this is relevant. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get into their world. How do I get there? How do I get there where a jelly bean makes your whole day? And someone out there, as she put it up on eBay, people are bidding on it. There's people out there uh, going to pay a lot of money for a, an effing jelly bean. <laughs> Obviously, it's going to make their day. 500K is what it's expected to... Uh, fetch. So there's people out there who think it's worth five, uh, five what did I say, five thousand, five, whatever. There's people out there who think it's worth a lot of money to own this jelly bean. It's worth that much to them. A jelly bean. Somebody, <laughs> somebody make me a pill so that I can just sit on my couch slowly eating jelly beans. Oh, look how pretty this one is. <laughs> <laughs> Could two worlds be any farther apart? And I mean, that's—it doesn't say anything about this woman whether she has a husband and kids and a nice life or whatever. But I mean, really, there's plenty in my life I could look at and be proud of. 
So it's more than just the outside forces at work here that's making me a miserable bastard and making this woman pick through jelly beans one at a time. Finding a gem in each one. How? <laughs> How do I get there? How? So explain this to me and I'll do it. Because, man... I can go to the grocery store right now and get five pounds of jelly beans and just lay them all out on the floor. I guarantee you not one of them would make me hand this gun over to Joe. <laughs> uh, you know, so there's... The, here's, and yet outsized forces are at work, you know. I'm looking at... I'm looking at the stuff I've done, you know. I'm looking at my deadlines. And I'm looking at the money I get paid. And I'm looking at my bills. And then I'm looking over at my pistol. And then I'm looking at the clouds, and I get these movies, and some some gay guy drinks himself to death, and some other guy dies with his ex-wife's picture and his thing, and George Clooney's a miserable bastard on TSA Airlines somewhere. I, I'm not going to kill myself, so can we, can, can the world just stop piling on here? I'm not going to do it. Just just stop piling on. Go pile on with, with this woman with the jelly bean. There needs to be some balance here. You know, nature's askew a here. I thought there was supposed to be balance to the universe. Go pile some of this crap on her and give me some jelly beans that look like something. Give me a jelly bean that looks like, you know, Angelina Jolie or something like that. Or, you know, give me something. No, I'm not going to. You don't have to take my gun. I'm not going to do it. Although, you know, the thought of it does get me through the day from time to time. But here's the here's problem with killing yourself. It's the... After what happens after? I mean, depending on what you believe, if you don't believe there's anything after, then really there's no point in killing yourself. You might as well just hang around. <laughs> Once you shoot yourself, it's done. Well, what's the point of that then? I might as well hang around, and make someone else miserable. But if you think there's an afterlife, then it's either going to be better or it's going to be worse, right? Whether you go to hell for you're killing yourself or you come back as a squid that gets eaten by another squid or what. It's either going to be better or it's going to be worse, right? So if it's going to be worse, you definitely shouldn't have killed yourself. And if it's going to be better, you know, if I shoot myself and the next life is better, then I spend the next life thinking, what the? I should have did this three years ago. Yeah, what the hell was I struggling to not blow my brains out for the last three to five years when I should have just done it? I could have been here the whole time. So if I shoot myself and it's better, I'm still going to be pissed. There's... So I just sit here and keep renting horrible movies and waiting for it to be sunny out for two days in a row. That's all I can do. And then read, read stories about people whose dispositions are so pleasant they can look at a jelly bean and see a princess in it. And other people who think that's worth writing about. I mean, did, did I just get the, the news wire from the Smurf Village or what the hell's going on? Are there actually people out there that are this pleasant? You know, are there actually people out there this happy, or did this come to me from the, some Smurf Twilight Zone or something? I'm, I'm really, I'm having a hard time believing this. There's, there's people out there like this, but there must be. How do I get there? Hmm, tell me, just a, you know, a pill? I'll take the pill. I don't care if it turns me into a zombie, fine. I don't care. Take me from there to here. Take me from here. Ugh, I hate my life. This apartment sucks. My fish ate each other. Uh, to there. Oh, look at this. Oh, 
it, it wasn't all good news, though. Joe gave me some other stuff here. To... <laughs> I spoke to this briefly about this briefly to Joe. So Joe got me some other stories here of people worse off than me, sort of. Here's a nice story about someone who set someone's dog on fire. <laughs> some Somebody took some little kid's dog and they were like, apparently they beat the crap out of it and then set it on fire in an alley. So that so that's nice. That's <laughs> great. This supposed to cheer me up, Joe? Some kid's well, yeah, it's yeah, it's a, yeah. You're right. This is more my world than the jelly bean story, but it's still. I mean, it's not doing it for me. Somebody's dog got set on fire. Tyrone Skinner, the dog's owner, tell, told 12 News the family pet was named Big Boy, and they searched the neighborhood Saturday when he didn't return home. Uh, so that's nice. That's nice and depressing. And then there's all sorts of stuff in here about anti-animal cruelty groups getting on and animal advocacy groups and but I don't as horrible as this this is I don't really see this entering the realm of animal cruelty now I don't mean it's obviously setting a dog on fire is horrible but I think this is this goes into like uh, bad shit crazy doesn't it I mean <laughs> this is dangerous to everyone this isn't just uh, some person beat, getting drunk and beating his dog. These people kidnap someone's dog and set it on a fire. This goes beyond animal cruelty, doesn't it? These are dangerous individuals. I mean, first off, arson. I would go after him for arson, which you know, our laws on arson are really, really, you know, t- take it for somebody who's wanted to set something on fire once or twice. Uh, laws against arson are, like, way, way high. Like, you don't want to, don't, look, look, trust me. You want to get back at somebody. Don't set anything on fire, because they will, you will be in jail forever. All these arson, anti-arson laws were written, like, right after the Chicago fire and stuff, where all the buildings were made out of dry pine, and they were all uh, two centimeters away from each other, and if one went up, the whole city went up, and everyone died. So that's, that's how long these arson laws have been in the books, and they catch you setting something on fire, and you go up against a judge, like, minimum sentences, uh, 25 years, and they set your nuts on fire. So don't don't set anything on fire. So they should be going after these people for arson at the least, and th- and theft and every other damn thing. And disorderly, I think animal cruelty. I, I mean, technically it was animal cruelty, but it's far it's far worse than that. They set a dog on fire. Here's another and here's another story. People across the city, including this West Side neighborhood, pause tonight to reflect on what they're calling a senseless act of animal cruelty. Let's not. It's not a senseless act of animal cruelty. It, there's some dangerous MFers running around your neighborhood. It's not just it's not just animal cruelty. See what you see what I'm saying here? I mean they're missing the point. These are dangerous people. I mean, the, you run across this guy, the last thing you have to worry about is him setting your dog on fire. He's gonna set you on fire or stab you in the face or God knows what. This isn't just Michael Vick. Having his dog fight another dog, or the neighborhood drunk, kicking his <laughs> the family pet, like I say. It was unimaginable. That's how Tyrone Skinner describes the torture of his family's pet dog. Big Boy Skinner stated that the Skinner stated that the dog that for the dog to be kicked and beaten and then burned, that hurts. That was a family member. Police arrested a 13-year-old boy this weekend for abuse and are looking for other suspects. 
So they, many people brought their own pets to bring awareness to what they consider a bigger issue. Neighbors like Rosa Dodd respect the group's efforts, but she says the West Side neighborhood has more problems than just animal cruelty. Well, she's, you know, there's, <laughs> she sort of gets it because she lives there amongst these dangerous a-holes and gang members and crack dealers and God knows what else and sees these people uh, coming over with their pet, you know, uh, labradoodles and stuff <laughs> with, with little candles singing prayers and kumbaya and says that they're missing the point. Well, she, you're missing the point too, Rosa, because uh, these are, it's the same problem, believe it or not. The problem is a, a bunch of teenage scumbags who are up to no good. Well, you know, whether you set a dog on fire this week or sold crack next week or stole your car the week after that, it's the same problem. Uh, these a-holes. And uh, setting the dog on fire is just a symptom of a holeness. Whatever, I don't know. That's all. I can, that's all I can do with that story. I mean, what are you going to do? Nobody gets it. It's not talking. I find it bizarre. A dog got set on fire, so they all go out and. I mean, look at it from the perspective of this kid and his family. I mean, it's a little. You lose your dog to fire, and then everybody comes over with their pets. So the kid, kid gets to see everybody else with a pet, and he doesn't have a pet anymore because it was set on fire, and you're all holding candles. I mean, there, there's a lot wrong with the visuals here. <laughs> see what I'm saying? You have pets, and, you have, and you're holding candles next to your pets. There's imagery there that the kid doesn't need to see on all sorts of levels. You have a pet, and you're happy. Your, your pet is near flame. His dog was just set on fire. You know what I'm saying here? This kid... You're trying to get this kid to relax, and you're bringing a bunch of fire and dogs around. That's bad, right? Let's think these things through. Oh, you well-meaning idiots out there. And how about you donate to, <laughs> donate to the neighborhood block watch or something? Man, have some... I don't know. There's got to be a better use of your time to find these jackasses. Sitting around singing kumbaya with your dogs. Schnauzers. And by the way, I saw a picture of this dog, and he's like, you know, he said he was some sort of Dober and, and mix, but he was only two years old, and he was just, he was a little thing, he was a little pillow dog. How about next time you get that kid a Mastiff, or a Boxer, or something? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe somebody won't steal it. By the way, you know, uh, uh, well, whatever. Lisa's Laws. Here's another story. Padded bikini tops unsuitable for young girls. This is a story here from the Herald Times record, or Times Herald record. This is about Amber Crombie and Fitch making bathing suits for eight-year-olds that have padded bras. (laughs) Again, many different worlds out there. Any different worlds. Uh, just think back to the lady with the jelly bean. Oh, isn't this isn't this a pretty jelly bean? And then there's somewhere out there, so there's some eight-year-old girl worrying about not having big enough boobs. It's just, <laughs> it's our own head. It's our own bad wiring that's driving us. <clears throat> it's April, and while that means the welcome arrival of April showers, daffodils, and fishing season, it also means the dreaded and inevitable, 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 <laughs> Let me take a drink here. Hold on a second, people. All right. Um, 
the inevitable arrival of bathing suits. They're already in stores, hanging there all happy and smug with where just a few weeks ago winter coats used to be. One suit that seems to be getting all the attention, though, is the new girl swimsuit offered by Abercrombie and Fitch. And it caused a little bit of a dust-up last week when word got out that they were selling push-up bikini tops for children. The bikini tops and bombs are sold separately. The Lindsay, the Fallen, and the Sadie are triangle-style tops available in sizes small through XL. There are floral patterns and solid colors, as well as Abercrombie's signature moose print. There's also a Bandau size in the Addison. Some are lightly lined. Others offer removable pads, which essentially means they make a girl look bustier than she really is. According to the website, a size small is for a girl with a bust measurement of 27 and a half inches. That's a kid's size 8 at places such as L.L. Bean and Sears, roughly the size of a second grader. <laughs> well, not a second grader in Wisconsin. <laughs> Come to Wisconsin. That's uh, that's size fetus. <laughs> find, find me a second grader whose bus is only 27 and a half inches around here. I'll show you somebody who's getting, you know, whose parents are about to get hauled in for child neglect for not feeding their kid. You should see the kids around here. They're they're round. They're completely round. <clears throat> Anyhow, these push-up tops got a flurry of attention on the morning shows and on the and in the blogosphere, but the coordinating bottoms deserve mention too. The Annabelle, for example, is described as soft and pretty and features pedal embellishments, side ties with a keyhole detail and moose embroidery. Side ties means the front and back are connected by strings which you tie in a bow. It's the kind of bikini bottom Bridget Bardot like to wear around canes. Keyhole details describe a circular cutout at each side where the front and back panels meet, allowing for a glimpse of hip. <laughs> you know, Abercrombie and Fitch, they could have gotten a lot less trouble just saying this is for Asians, you know. <laughs> well, I just said that to mortify Joe because he thinks everything I say makes me sound gay or a racist. But you know, if these girls really, you know, if these girls really want to look older, they should make the the bras like sag, you know, like sag down to their belly button. Forget the push-up thing; just have them, like dragging down, you know, like fifty-year-old bras around here. Just you know, you want to look older, you know, and then give them like some dark eyeliner to put around under their eyes, <laughs> some some like eye shade that they can put on their fingers so they have nicotine stains, and then do something to their voice. Hey, how you doing, baby? Uh, the people around here, who, <laughs> the broads around here that you see at like the church, church festivals and stuff, with a, the Dixie cup full of warm beer stumbling around. I don't know. There's really nothing in this story either for me, Joe. I'm sorry, man. I know you tried, but it just doesn't interest me. Huh? I already crumpled it. Yeah, whatever. They're worried about pedophiles. <laughs> I don't really think that's a concern with this. I mean, you're concerned that we're objectifying eight-year-olds. Yeah, that's a valid concern, but guess what? That ship sailed a long time ago. The, the culture's effed. <laughs> our culture is our culture is effed. All kids care about is sex from the time that they're able to turn on the TV because that's all we're putting in front of them. And that ship sailed. There's nothing you can do about it. And this might be a better way to go because at least they're good-looking. Uh, they'll get somebody on the top of the food chain. You're going to have to accept the way things are. But I don't really think pedophiles is an issue because 
by definition, pedophiles are looking for little girls. So if you make your little girl look like a grown-up, he's not going to be interested. You know, I mean, the, <laughs> the porno mags have things that are, like, barely legal and stuff. And then the women in there aren't dressed up to look like, you know, secretaries. They're dressed up to look like little girls. So maybe this will actually protect your child from a pedophile. You make your child look like she's older, and then, the, you know, the pedophile won't be interested in her. Pedophiles are interested in girls who look like little girls, not little girls who look like women. So there you go. Another public service from me. Get the, You want to keep the pedophiles away? Get these bras for your kids. Put these kids in these push-up bras and you'll make them look older and the pedophiles will you know, move on to someone else who you know, watches Sesame Street all day like a normal kid. <laughs> Maybe effing up your kid is the best protection. Yes? Huh? No? Hey, whatever, man. You, you put it in front of me. You gave the, you gave the gun to the monkey, man. So how long? Did I talk enough? Is this done? Are we up to a half an hour? Oh, good. Well, there you go. We're done. Well, I know it was very good. <laughs> this hasn't been very good since you told me how many people listen. I told you not to tell me. Re- remember that? When I just thought hardly anyone was listening, this was a lot easier to do. Now I'm worried about how many people are out there, where the hell they all came from. Well, it's too, it's too late now. The cat's, you know, Pandora's out of the box. Now we're just going to, now we'll just see <laughs> whether I get the hang of this again or I, I crack under the pressure. It'll still be interesting for the regular viewers. Yeah. See if I get this together or I start second-guessing myself all the time. We'll see. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Um, like I said, the intro music is from a band called Lockjaw. It's easy enough to find them on the internet. Uh, the opinions and comments <laughs> by me uh, should not reflect on them in any way, shape, or form. Also, if you live in Milwaukee, there's a new comic book store called Earth's Mightiest Comics. You can look them up on Facebook. They just opened, and their grand opening is, I believe, May 7th. So go down there and uh, pick some books up and support that fella. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and until next time, think.
Drops. Their plots. Lives lost.